Hoops Heaven proudly brings to you Basketball Hustle. But Ellis fumbled the ball. Two on the shot clock goes up a prayer. Yes! As he was falling to the ground, it's a three! He shot it literally from the hip. Definitely a highlight. Here come the Billikens. Four on two. McCall, Ellis, left corner. We missed now. Bang! From way down under, Cody Ellis. Reddick brings low out away from the best. Stolen away by Cody Ellis. One man to beat to the hole. He's fouled. Layup. Good whistle foul. Count the best. Ellis for the reverse. Oh, through fingertips. What a move. Ellis drops in a bomb. I love seeing Cody Ellis coming out, feeling good. Ellis. Cody Ellis. Ellis. Pull up jumper. Cody Ellis. Bang. Cody Ellis. Can he stand and deliver? Cody Ellis. Now it's time for another episode of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. Seven's basketball hustle for another week, and we're two rounds into the NBL season. We're seeing some teams make statements, the Perth Wildcats and the Sydney Kings especially. Melbourne United and the Brisbane Bullets not so much, Cody. Already we've found a team that needs a, a new import in the Illawarra Hawks. We'll get our awards from Damian Martin and Scott Ninnis and Matty Knight here on the show as well. We'll talk about everything happening in the world of the NBL. Round two just in the books. We've got round three that will get underway shortly. I'm Chris Pike, but the men you're all tuning to hear from, the former Illawarra Hawks and Sydney Kings forward, the Warwick Senators NBL1 captain, Cody Ellis. What a eventful week. It certainly was. And uh, look, it was a bit of a sloppier, scrappier week. It, uh, you know, first round kind of set the standard very high. And this this round kind of felt a bit more like preseason across the board, mm. a, apart from the Cats in their second game and, and the Kings. But uh, yeah, look, I think teams are still trying to find their feet. Yeah, they are. Um, and it's amazing, we're two rounds in and we've got a couple of winless teams, a couple of undefeated teams, and one team we haven't even seen yet, yeah. the Adelaide 36ers. Um, how tough do you think it would be coming to the season in round three, trying to fight off that jet lag and you know, get ready for two games in, in three days like Adelaide will have to do? Yeah, look, it's going to be pretty tough for them. I think um, the jet lag will be a big, big, uh, big heavy hitter for them. But uh, look, I think, I think they'll be all right. I think they would have been... Well, gone through the, the recovery processes and, and all that sort of good stuff that uh, that I'm sure their SNC and physios are, are all over with with all that flight. But yeah, look, I'm excited to, to see them play. It's, uh, oh, yeah. it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I think everyone will be, and I think they're expecting the biggest ever crowd at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre on Thursday night. It's a big statement for their game, so that that place will be packed, and they're certainly expecting to see the team win and play similar to what they did against the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. Anything less than that, and I think they'll go home disappointed. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, all right, Cody, we're here thanks to Hoop7 once again. So if you're in Perth, check out their store on Murray Street in the Perth City or anywhere in the world. You can really check them out at hoop7.com.au. Um, they make this show possible. We thank them for their support. Before we get on to the, the biggest news out of the weekend, Cody, what was your biggest takeaway? When you look back on what we've seen over the last four or five days, what, what's your biggest impression of what we've seen, what we've seen in the NBL so far? Kings might be better than last year. Yeah, I think right. that is probably, yeah, I think that's probably the most impressive thing for me. Um, especially with everything that they lost, I think. The fact that they've recruited so well and they've kind of just taken off where they left off last yeah. year um, in that championship form. And that's got to be scary for every other team in the league. That's a, it's a big statement, but I, I'm not willing to disagree with yeah. it because they, they just have that belief and confidence mm-hmm. that from whatever position they are in a game, it, you know, they, they have to fight hard in their first game against the Aurora to... Yep. 
to get that one. Um, and then they, you know, they had to fight pretty hard to beat Brisbane in their second game. And then we saw what they did to absolutely demolish Melbourne United um, when everything was clicking in that first half. You talked about how Xavier Cooks had to not so much step up more this year, but he had to continue to deliver mm-hmm. what he had been to make sure that Sydney didn't have a drop off. He, I think, he has got better. What we've seen yeah. based on this year, and everyone's talking about the dunk and that. I don't think you'll ever see a better dunk in the no, NBA than what he's very impressive. Over, over Isaac Humphries, but it's everything else he's doing. He's now a much better shooter. He's got mm-hmm. a lot more confidence with his three-point shooting. The best part for me about the dunk almost was that on the next couple of possessions, he comes down and knocks down three-point mm-hmm. shots. So, I mean, he's shown that he can do that. And for a guy that's six, oh, is he six ten? He must be close to. Close to, I think, close probably. To 6'10". He can he can carry the ball. He can bring yeah. the ball up the floor, no problem. He, can, he really can play every position, mm-hmm. one through five, especially defensively, but... You, you don't mind if he has the ball in his hands at times either. To me, I feel like he's the next cab off the rank to go into the NBA. Yeah. He's got everything. The last thing for him to tick off was the shooting. He's now improving in that area. He's a lot of fun to watch too right now. What do you make of what he's doing? Oh, he's yeah, he's been awesome. And again, like you said, he's he's a lot of fun to watch. He's clearly worked on his game in the off season. You know, I think uh, I think he had a fairly big off season, which was good. I believe he was at summer league and then went and dominated the New Zealand NBL yes. over there. Yeah, look, his his shot does look a lot better. I think it still needs a bit of tweaking, but it looks a lot better than it did at the end of last year. If he's going to make that next jump, that's definitely got to be his, his thing. Look, the the only real disadvantage he has is he's, he's playing a big over here, really, um, in that squad. You know, if he's going to make that jump, he's going to be more of that three-man. Yeah. But he, he's got all the attributes that, that can certainly transfer to the NBA. And... I am actually surprised he didn't get a bit more interest um, in this off-season from NBA teams. But, I mean, if he keeps doing what he's doing right now, then uh, it's only a matter of time. And it's like you touched on, the whole team could be better than what we saw mm. last season as well because, I mean, Derek Walton is matching what Jordan Adams was doing. Yeah. And he just picks his moments at the moment yeah. waiting to take over a game against Brisbane when they needed him late. He, he dominated it in that fourth quarter and, and really he didn't need to do a hell of a lot even though no. he employed Melbourne out. Yeah. He had a re- relatively quiet... Quiet game, you know. DJ's having his moments. Tim Suarez is having having his moments. Justin Simons fitted in really well. Yeah. They, they've got Jordan Hunter back. He's yep. actually a, a new recruit. Um, quite noise having his moments. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean Bruce has actually started the season really, really yeah. nicely too. Um, there's probably five other guys we didn't mention too. They, yeah. they go really deep. Yeah, they they sure do. And then you've got to slot Angus Glover back into that yes. lineup as well. So look, I think. They are certainly one of the deepest teams in the league, and you're right, there is no let-up when they sub. Um, so, yeah, look, like I said, I, I really do think that they might be better all-round than they were last year, which is a scary thought. They've won 14 games in a row going back to last year on the road. Yep. Can you talk to me through how tough that, that would be oh, to, to pull off? That is an extremely impressive stat. Yeah. Um, look, winning on the road is tough, and you kind of go into the season thinking if we split the road, then we'll be in good stead, right? You, you plan to win 90% of your home games and you want to split the road. Yeah. The fact that they've won rattled off 14 straight it's now. It's a whole season's worth it. It is. It, it's game. unbelievable. That's yeah. such an impressive feat and it just shows the confidence they have. They've got no fear. It doesn't matter where they go. It doesn't matter what, what state they're going to, what stadium they're going to play in. They go in believing they can win. And, um, yeah, it's... it's uh, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's really cool to see. Yeah, I mean, they're just so much fun to watch, like you, like you touched on. How are the Perth Wildcats right now? They're, they're the other undefeated team that we've seen so far this season. And mm-hmm. It wasn't pretty against um, the Hawks at home on Saturday, but I actually thought the Taipans deserved to go in favourites on Monday night when mm-hmm. they, they were back at home to play. The Taipans hadn't lost a game yet 
either. Um, no Corey Webster, no to Sean Thomas for, for the Wildcats. I thought especially Cameron Finder was yeah. going to dominate that game, but he didn't. The Wildcats did. They blew that game out massively. Um, really impressive road win for them. And they're 3-0 and looking really good under John Riley. Yeah, they are. They are looking really good, and I thought it might take them a little bit more time to gel, but they seem to have hit the ground running. And look... Like you, like you mentioned, they it was a bit scrappy that first game against the the Hawks here. Um, but great teams find ways to win those games, and you know they did that. And you've got to play a near perfect game to win here uh, in Perth. But uh, look, I think you're right. They just went out and absolutely dominated in Cairns, yeah. and they looked like a really well oiled machine. Um, it was a lot of fun to watch them play. Just the ball movement, the the penetrate, the kick, wide open threes. Good to see. Toddy Blanche in his uh, 350th go off early in that first quarter. It was clearly a focal point. Um, they were trying to find him. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, it was good to see him go off and, and hit some threes early in front of, I'm sure, plenty of his uh, family uh, being in, in far north Queensland. Yeah, absolutely. He, he ended up having a big night. He hit five threes and they, they hit 18 of them for a, for a team. And clearly it's a different game style under, under JR and... One that's suited to this roster because Brady Manick stepped up as well and had a, had a, had a good game. You know, Bryce was Bryce and Mitch Norton had a, had a big night <laughs> and Jesse hit four threes yeah, as well. Standard. Um, this, is, this is almost a three-point shooting team now. And the Wildcats haven't yeah. been that for a long time. No, they haven't. And it all comes off their ball movement and it's something that they didn't have last year, I feel. Um, it was a lot more stagnant. Um, it was a lot more just revolved all around Bryce. Which, I mean, is fine because it's Bryce Cotton, you know. But I think this year he's going to dominate just as much but in different ways um, because everyone else is going to be able to get theirs the way they play. It is. It's a more free-flowing, open style of, of gameplay that is very exciting and I'm sure the Perth fans are enjoying it. Not to take anything away from their win on Saturday against the Hawks, but have you ever been part of a game where one team got the first nine foul calls in their favour? I think it was 11 of the first yeah. 12. I think that I think it was 13 to 5 at, at half time. And I think by the end of the game, the free throw differential was quite significant. Have you been part of a game quite like that before? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of us have been part of games like that before where you just can't seem to get anything from uh, whether it's going to the rim, you can't get calls or shots not falling. You have games like that. So look, I think, if you're the Hawks, you can you can kind of take a little bit of positivity away from that. Mm. But I'd, they were settling a lot yeah. for jump shots, and you know if if you're not getting the calls, you got to keep attacking because yeah, at I'm, some point. I'm not sure they necessarily had a lot of calls against them. This no, but maybe they had a few calls on them that they perhaps, yeah. perhaps wouldn't have been in a different building. Oh, for sure, for sure, and you know that happens. And you, you hear Damo, you know, um, leaning into it as much as possible in the commentary. So look, it's it's a known thing, and you've just got to be the aggressor, you know. And and they they weren't. They kind of settled for for jumpers and kind of weren't really looking at the hot hand at all either. Which yeah. again we touched on last week, which infuriates me. Especially when it was George King. Yeah, he exactly. couldn't miss. Quarter, and then he didn't see the ball for a long time. No, he couldn't miss, and I think he shot 13 shots for the game. You know, for, for someone that is feeling it like that, it's uh, you, you've got to go back to him. So yeah, look, I think part of that was definitely their own doing. So now they've also got a bit of an issue in terms of having now lost Justin yeah. Robinson for the season. He yeah. injured his knees now. I think he's had his surgery by now on mm-hmm. his meniscus, and he won't be seen again. Uh, I think that backcourt was looking promising of what he could do alongside yeah. Tyler Harvey. How much does it hurt their plans now that they now, now need to find somebody to replace him? But 
I need to find somebody similar, I think, because they do want that second playmaking guard alongside Tyler Harvey. And yeah. Not only do they need to find someone, but then they need to find someone that can actually fit into this group and build that chemistry yeah. straight away. Yeah, it's difficult. You know, it's, we've seen it similar to Melbourne with Huck Porty going down. You know, it's, it's so late to try and find that replacement with all the leagues already basically up and running around the world. But look, I, th- I think they need to find someone that is completely different to Tyler Harvey. They need someone that's going to be able to run their stuff, mm-hmm. that's, that's going to let Tyler come off ball screen. Oh, off create yeah. Tyler would be amazing. Well, that's it. Someone that can run the show for them mm-hmm. and not have the ball in Harvey's hands all game. And again, he will be just as effective, if not more so, with, with someone like that running the show rather than him being so ball dominant. Because, yeah, look, it, it looks very similar right now to how teams treated Bryce last year and it was all kind of one-on-one stuff and it was easy to guard. I'm not going to say easy to guard, sorry. No. <laughs> no, Easier to guard. Yeah, I mean, um, when you focus on one player. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Whereas if he's coming off turnouts and pin downs and, you know, screens off the ball, he's going to be so hard to, to guard. Yeah. Um, so I think they need to look for someone like that. And I think, I think Lockie Dent is doing a very good job of that right now. So, but uh, yeah, look, I think they need to go down that route. Yeah. And they need to do it quickly. They're already one and two. You don't want to fall too far, you know, further beyond that. They've got a couple more games, um, you know, in pretty quick time now to, to come as well um, against Adelaide and then, and then New Zealand. Mm-hmm. So they so try to fix it quickly. What are the Brisbane Bullets? Yeah. We both expected big things of them this season. Now zero and three. Yep. Yeah, I mean, the, the chemistry doesn't look great. Different guys are having their moments. Tyler Johnson has had his moments so far. You know, Nathan Sober's getting better each game he plays, mm-hmm. but you know, down the stretch again against Sydney, um, didn't see Aaron Baines on the floor at all, at all and no. they just couldn't quite close out the game. And they had their chances against the Jack Jumpers, and again, just couldn't quite find a way to, to, to finish it, even though it went to overtime. Are you concerned on what you're seeing about what you're seeing from them, or do you think it'll click? Look, I think it will click. We did say that this was going to be a bit of a wait-and-see team, yeah. purely for the fact that they've got some new faces in there, especially with guys like Baines, who's going to be a bit of a focal point. And then you've got Sobes coming in who hasn't really played much. But, yeah, look, I think they need to start clicking a lot quicker than they are because, you know, especially in this league, you fall that far behind. It's hard to claw your way back. And, you know, with the play-in this year, it's going to make it a little bit easier. But still, you want to avoid that at all costs. You want to be in that top four. And look, teams are already starting to separate from the pack and it's end of round two. So, and then you've got Adelaide who are our (laughs) title favourites coming back in and they're going to start making a statement, you'd you'd think. So I think they've got to start clicking a lot sooner than than we uh, originally thought they'd have to. Yeah, look, it's just, it's going to be playing together. They just need to keep, keep grinding through and and keep going after it at practice and, and hopefully it starts to click for them. I saw your frustration about what Harry Froman is going through oh. at the moment because it seems like all he has to do is, is move one centimetre either way and he gets a foul yeah. right now. How frustrating is that for somebody like him and how does he try to play through it? Yeah, it's, it's got to be frustrating, you know, and he's such a big, strong body that now, he, now that teams have seen that the refs are kind of calling it, they're playing into that more, yeah. which is that's it's part of the game. Like that's that's what you do as a defender, you know. So look, it's it's tough. He's just got to he's just got to keep plugging through, man. It's it's one of those things that he's not doing a whole lot that he's not doing a whole lot wrong that's in his control. Yeah. Um, like I said on Twitter, he can be a 
almost a game changer for, for this roster um, because he can put points on the board. He's talented. He can stretch the floor. He's a big body, like I said. He's a smart player. He just, um, he just needs to start hopefully finding his groove and being able to play <laughs> is the big thing. Fascinating to get your thoughts on what you saw from Melbourne United on Sunday. Mm. They did pretty well the week before to overcome New Zealand in their first game and win in overtime, but they were still missing Shaley and Mason Peeling, two important pieces, but again, probably two guys you would hope that you can cover at the same at the same time. And you know they're still missing Ariel High Forty, but they can't dwell on that because he's mm. not he's not coming back. They gave up twenty five straight points in the second quarter. They fell down by thirty eight points, and to me, the biggest concern was the struggles that some of their key players had. So without Hub Porty, Isaac Humphreys has to has to stand up and he, he had a tough night. Four points, two of seven shooting. Xavier Radmaze was fantastic the week before, but he couldn't back it up. Six points on two of eight shooting. Chris Golding had a tough night. Seven points on three of ten. And Ray John Tucker, who I think for this team to be any good, he needs to play at an MVP type level. Yeah. Um I would say he's not. No. Five points, one of eleven. What did you make of what you saw from him? Look, I think you insert Shea into this team and they're a different team. Mm-hmm. All right. I think he's that floor general. He's the one that controls the tempo for them. He runs the show. It's tough because you've got uh, Ratan Mays doing that right now and he's more of that score first type guard, right? Whereas Shea is the set him up, score if I need to, if I've got the opportunity. Yeah, it's it's. He also gives them a bite defensively. Well, he does. Yeah, that one. Not at all. Not at all. But I think that it's it is a bit worrying. But I think we saw Melbourne do this last year, where the whole squad kind of had an off night in in the one night. And I don't expect that to happen too often. Mm. There's too much talent on this roster that Goulding's not going to go three for ten. I wouldn't expect Tucker to go one for eleven again. Well, he might not be here for much longer. Well, well, that's it, exactly. So, I mean, he, he talked it up big when he came into the league, so he's, he's just got to be able to back it up now. And, look, Ritame is two of eight. We saw that a couple times last year with yeah. the Hawks from him. But, again, he's, he's got to be so ball dominant. I think he's better coming off those down screens yeah, and, and all that uh, kind of stuff, well, like, like Goulding. You can be if Shay's... If Shay's there running the show, exactly. So, look, I do think he changes it a lot. And, you know, Peatling comes in and kind of gives that... Toughness as well. Um, he goes in, throws some elbows and pushes and shoves, which is what they need. Yeah. It's exactly what they need. So, look, not ideal. Not ideal. But, you know, if they can take anything from it, Sydney went into there and lost by 40 around this time last year and then ended up winning the thing. So, look, I know that's not yeah, exactly... Well, they probably haven't lost another road game since No, I don't think so. Yeah, that's a good point. But, yeah, look, I think that they'll be okay, but... Hopefully Shea is back in action as soon as possible because uh, I think he is a, a key for them. Do they stick with the 11 roster players they've got or do they have to make a change? Because even though they lost like 40, it doesn't open up a roster spot. So mm-hmm. to make a change, they would have to cut somebody or bring someone in. Do they give this team more time or do they have to make a make move? Look, I think they give them more time, but not too much. Yeah. Again, like I said before, this league, you can't afford to fall behind too much. Mm-hmm. So, look, you give it another round or two and... It's, it's tough because you've, you've thrust Humphreys into, well, you need to be the guy now. Yeah. Um, after, again, not playing for a big chunk of time, now you need to be the guy. And look, I don't know if basketball is his priority. I mean, it's been spoken about before and, you know, whether he's changed his mindset or not, I'm not 100% sure. But he's got he's to be able to buy in or 
they need to find someone and and have him coming off the bench. And have um, you heard good feedback from the concert that he that he? <laughs> I'm not sure. I haven't heard too much about it. Not too much about it. So, but that's what I mean. You know, like, and that's fine to each their own. And but once basketball season's here, he's if he's on this team, he's got to buy in and and be part of it. So yeah, tough. Look, I think give him more time, but it, it can't be too much longer. Before I run through the results from round two, talk to me about. Xavier Cooks has done con Isaac oh, That's, yeah. That was ridiculous. That was ridiculous. I uh, was up off the couch in a heartbeat, probably the quickest I've moved in a long time. <laughs> yeah, you could see it happening. DJ set it up really nicely, kind of hesitated, kicked it on, just caught it in stride and just did what Zave does and rose up and he kind of hit Isaac and kept going a bit and then he's... His long arms just extended and it just, it looked unreal. And it was a, it was a proper tomahawk, you know, he wasn't leaning. It was, yeah, it was, uh, it was very impressive. But I do, I do want to praise Isaac for going up and contesting, right? Two reasons. You don't get these kinds of dunks if people don't rise up and try a challenge, right? But, you know, again, that's a very, very much momentum changing play, right? On the other end... If Isaac gets a piece of it or puts Zave on his ass, yeah. that's also a, a momentum thing for Melbourne. Yeah. You know, they can get them going like, all right, you know, making a bit of a statement. Mm-hmm. So, look, I, I love it that guys go up and contest that sort of stuff. And, oh, 100%. I, think, I don't know, six or seven times out of ten, Isaac probably either fouls him or blocks that shot or yeah. stops him dumping it. So. I hope he does it next time. Well, that's it. We've seen a lot of almosts, yep. you know, yep. and you live with an almost. Yep. It's, it's the poster that is <laughs> spoken about around the world, unfortunately, <laughs> that is something that would make you think about it next time. But I hope he doesn't. And I hope the bigs around the league and anyone who can contest those around the league don't hesitate and actually go up and, and contest that. Because, yeah, I think most of the time you're going to be on the good end of it. Yeah. Still, that was uh, ridiculous. <laughs> Having said all of that, would you go up and contest him? That's I can't like... jump, man. <laughs> <laughs> so no. <laughs> Maybe when I was younger. Uh, um, all right, let's have a, have a run through. We've talked about what we saw around two, but let's go through the results in more detail so you know what happened. Started Thursday night, Illawarra Hawks got their first win of the season, beating the South East Melbourne Phoenix 85-72. to 72. And then the New Zealand Breakers, this was... Damn ugly, but I don't think the fans in Auckland cared too much because no. they got to see their, their team get a win. They beat the Tasmania Joke Jumpers 71 to 65. And the Sydney Kings kept on winning at home. Biggest ever standalone home crowd for them. So, mm. you know, the basketball fans are now starting to turn out in their droves in Sydney, which is great to see. They beat the Bullets 100 to 90. Cairns Taipans, they were 10 points down with nine minutes to go, but they ended up winning by nine. So they can put some points on the board in a hurry and they beat the Phoenix 85 to 76. Perth Wildcats, as we talked about, at home, 77 over the Illawarra Hawks, 71. And in overtime, the two winless teams, the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers got on the board, 90 to 86 over the Brisbane Bullets. Sydney Kings, you know, 91 to 71 doesn't look too bad against Melbourne United, but that was was all for all intents and purposes a, a 40 point game, just the way it, it sort mm-hmm. of played out. And then Monday night, Perth Wildcats turned it on after quarter time, and they beat the Cairns Taipans 105 to 76. Apart from what we have talked about, Cody, what jumps out to discuss? Oh, look, I think the Phoenix is probably a, a, a big talking point again now. You know, giving up a big lead 
late in the game, well, nine minutes to go, but that's, you know, fourth quarter up 10, you know, that's something that you should be able to hold on to. Look, I think Creek had a good game. He 27 points, typical typical Mitch Creek game. Yep. Um, just just bullied and big boyed everyone, which, which is what he does on the court. And Yeah, look, I, they're another team that I think is struggling to kind of find. And again, look, they've got lots of outs. Mm-hmm. You know. I'm hoping we see Ryan Brockoff at some point this season because yeah. he's had his injury struggles. They've got Joe Chi in town now, yeah, he'll, which he'll is good. Play this week, which immediately changes them, but at the same time, it's going to take some time to fit back in. Oh, he will. He will. But, look, I think he does change their lineup a lot. So it'll be interesting to see how he, how he goes with that. But, yeah, look, they've got to be frustrated losing that one. Um, mm. But, you know, like we mentioned, apart from the... Uh, Cats game. Cans have been really good. Yeah. They've been good to watch and, and fun to watch. And we kind of saw the lesser end of, of how they can play when they play the Cats. The team can slow them down a bit and make them go through their offenses and, and not get out and run. Yeah. That's kind of how you stop them. But uh, it's, it's, it's tough to do. You know, the Cats, like I said, are a well-oiled machine and especially defensively. So um, there's not a, not a whole lot of teams around the league as defensively minded as the Cats are, so I think Cairns are still going to get some teams uh, that way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, looking forward to catching up sometime in the next couple of weeks with Alex Loughton and mm. talking more about this Cairns team because uh, it's, they're fascinating how it's been put together and I'm interested to get his thoughts on if he's happy to have Tiji McCall as their point guard or yeah. if perhaps they needed a, another playmaker alongside him because I think at times last year we saw he was potentially better when he wasn't the point guard, mm-hmm. but they packed him in to be their point guard this year and... We'll see how it, how, how it pans out, but it's certainly exciting. I mean, one thing that Forty's got them doing is playing exciting basketball. Yeah. Um, all right, Cody, I think that pretty much wraps up our section on round two. So when we come back, we'll have a look at Damian Martin's Best Defensive Player Awards. He's mm-hmm. promised us that he'll get us both round one and round two, <laughs> so we'll run through those. We'll hear from Matty Knight with his Player of the Year Award votes and also get Scott Ninnis' nominee for the Best Team Man in the Galen Award for this week. And then... When we come back, we'll get stuck into round three. Sounds good. Okay, time for our award segment here this week on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle. And let's start with the Damo Award, the Best Defensive Player of the Year Award in the NBL. Thank you to the defensive legend himself, Damien Martin, who will be providing these votes throughout the NBL season. So he's got a bit of catching up to do. So going back to round one in the Damo Award, his votes were Jack McVeigh from the Jack Jumpers, one vote. DJ Hogue from the Cairns Taipans, the two. And because of those steals that Damo loved seeing up close and personal at RAC Arena, Bryce Cotton, the three. And then round two, a bit of a tougher job for, for, for Damo to pick out some defensive defensive efforts this week. But he's gone the one vote from round two in the NBL to Jim McCall, the Cairns Taipans captain. Two votes. He couldn't split his Perth Wildcats favourite. So he's gone Mitch Norton and Luke Travers sharing the two votes. And... This will be a bit of a theme throughout each of our awards from round two, as you can imagine. Xavier Cooks, three votes in the Damo Award for round two from the Sydney Kings. Now, let's keep the theme going, and we'll have a chat to Matty Knight and get his Player of the Year Award votes.
Okay, I'm now joined by Matty Knight as we get our Player of the Year award votes for round two in the NBL. Matty, before we get into your votes and, and get your get your five top players for round two, what was your biggest takeaways from what you saw? It was a pretty eventful weekend of NBL action. Yeah, it was. Um, obviously, Sydney stand their authority, so did Perth, especially travelling up to Cairns to win by that much. Yeah, obviously, when you've got a couple of players out too, to go up there and... They celebrated Todd Blanchfield uh, mm. 300 in style. But, um, yeah, I think those two teams right now are teams to beat. And then, obviously, Brisbane, a team we thought would uh, be up there challenging. They're uh, struggling right now without a win. So, a lot to um, decide what's happening up in Brisbane. Now, I've got to ask you, Matty, you were a real defensive presence. You were one of the one of the toughest and hardest men of the NBL if Xavier Cooks is running down down the lane at you and you're standing under the rim, do you go up and try to challenge that dunk, or or do you do you run for the run for the hills? No, I'm going to stand <laughs> under the baseline, catch the ball, and go through that. <laughs> oh. That was uh, that was impressive. Um, yeah, I don't think there's going to be unless he can do something even better. And now I think there's a dunk of the year right there. Well, you know, I, I think you're right. He's probably the, only, the only, he's probably the only person that could. Actually, better that he's the only guy capable of doing something like that. I think right now, I loved his uh, comment at half time. I got him. I got him good. <laughs> got him bad. <laughs> uh, it's one thing about this Kings team they they do like to call it as it is. They they're happy to have a bit of an ego about them. And happy to happy to play the bad guy a little bit, and and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you can't always be the good guy. And hey, when you're the reigning champs, um, you earned that right. Mm-hmm. So. You can come out there, team. You know, teams are going to bring it every night you play. So, right now, um, yeah, good on them. Yeah. They're playing. Looks like they're actually having fun out oh, there too. Yeah, absolutely, and they're fun to watch too. Yeah, oh, very fun to watch. And just the coaching staff, like Chase, and that, it just looks like they've given them the keys, and yeah. they'll rein them in if it's getting a bit out of control. But other than that, it's Derry, uh, Walton's team mm. out there, and team. So, they've got a lot of veterans out there that know how to play together and uh, I think they've go back to back. Yeah, they, they're going to be tough to stop from doing that. Alright Matty, so we're here for your Player of the Year award. I think you've actually got a, a tougher job this week with your, your votes because we probably saw a bit more scrappy and a bit uglier action probably this week than, than round one. So I think you've got a tough job. So I'm fascinated to see how you end up going. Do we want to start with your, your one vote? Yeah, we'll go to one vote. Um, it's uh, Rashad Kelly from Tassie. Mm. I think he He's been solid, and um, he steps up when Tassie needed their imports to step up in that second half against Brisbane. So I'm sure it's going to take him a while to get used to the league, but you can see he's improving each game. Yeah, no, you're right. He stepped up when it mattered, and he was probably their only guy that actually played well in in both games. I'm very happy with that. Who have you gone for the two votes? Uh, I don't think 350. Mm. I don't think he can miss two tries. Uh, he set the tone early in that uh, Wildcat game, so they gave him a lot of open threes and very confident. The good thing, the good thing I liked about it was they actually kept going back to him. We've seen a lot of times over the first couple of weeks where a guy gets hot and then they just never see the ball again. But at least the Wildcats kept going back to him. Yeah, no, definitely. I think um, having a, a former great shooter mm-hmm. in your head, gone really, he, uh, he probably emphasises that. That. Uh, yeah, if the guy's hot, keep giving him the ball. But yeah. like you said, it seems the guy hits a couple of shots and then they don't see the ball. So yeah. it always amazes me that a guy that's on fire never sees the ball again. Mm. So 
Perth did a great job of getting him uh, getting him the ball. Yep, they did. All right, your three votes. Yeah, the dunk of the year. <laughs> uh, Xavier Cook, he's missed to do it all for Sydney. He just looks like he never gets out of first year. Yep. Uh, always, yeah, in the right place, right time. Does whatever Sydney needs. Yeah, so he'll, he'll play a big part in Sydney's run to going back to back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, two really big games. I mean, across the two games, he had forty six points and and twenty rebounds, and and they just keep winning on the on the back of what he's doing. So, your four votes, Matty. Uh Walton. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, um, he just does it all for Sydney. He's got the ball on the string. He he gets the guys open. He knows when to take the right shot, get the basket whenever he wants. So, yeah, like Cooks is Sydney's uh, guy. He's played a big part in winning, but I think Walton. Right now, he's the best import in the league. Oh, absolutely. Yep. No, yeah, it's impossible to argue that based on what we've seen over these first three games. Now, I'm really fascinated to see who you've gone for the five votes. He had a quiet first game in the game one, but in New Zealand, but come out and put up 32 against Brisbane and get help Tazzy win their first game. Yep. Milton Doyle. Come out and have that many points. And he was the main reason it got turned around. When Brisbane has a momentum, he stepped up and he just kept chasing the game. Keen shots and, uh, yeah, it was great to see him actually play a, a full game and um, help Tazzy get their first win on the board. Because as an import, coming in replacing the guy that was close to MVP last year, yeah. Adams, pressure's on. So no, he stepped up and um, helped Tazzy get their first win. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it was almost a J- Josh Adams-type game, wasn't it? I mean, he finished with 32.6 rebounds, four assists, shot 12 of 22, hit four three-pointers. It was a, a game that you need an import to step up and win you a game when you're when you're winless, and that's exactly what he did. Oh, definitely. They, they lose that. They're all four and it's a long way back yeah. from there. He stepped up and uh, he performed what uh, I'm sure Scott Ross knew what he was capable of and he's uh, returned that to the coach. No, fantastic, Matty. Really happy with those votes. It was a tough round to give votes in, but I think you've done a great job and look forward to doing it again next week. Cheers, Pikey. Okay, joined now by Scott Ninnis on Hoop Seven's Basketball Hustle, and it's time to have a look at our Galen Award for this week and find out who the best team man is. But before we get to that, Scott, the 36ers weren't quite able to reproduce that magic um, in Oklahoma, but how are you feeling now about this homecoming on Thursday night? Because the Entertainment Centre is going to be going to be packed from what we hear. Really excited, thanks, Chris. Uh, look, it's, it's exciting. You know, we've been waiting a few weeks now while we've been watching other other teams uh, get up and about to start this NBL season and you know, coming off the back of uh, you know, what they did over in the US. Uh, we, we've been running our 36 of camps this week, so Brett and I have had a chance to catch up with all the players yesterday and today and um, yeah, they're, they're in great spirits, as they should be. Just really excited to see what they can produce against Jack Dumpers on Thursday night. Can you remember... At least in recent times, more excitement in Adelaide for the start of an NBL season. How how pumped up is the city to see their their team again? It's unbelievable, mate. We you know we, we ran our, you know, our our little camp yesterday and today as as, as we do every school holidays. And yeah, you know, yesterday there was TV cameras from Channel Seven and Channel Nine mm. there, and uh, you, you know like and there was stuff on the evening news, and you know that might not sound. Uh, 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 like a major thing is, you know, especially when you talk about, you know, what happens with the Wildcats and so, you know, some of these other teams. But, you, you know, to, for Adelaide to be, you know, the 36ers to be, you know, you know, front page of the, the, the local advertiser and on the, 
you, you know, the evening news and having people talk about it in such a positive way, it, it is really exciting. So to answer your question, no, I, I can't remember a start, you know, leading into a season with as much excitement about this. You know, I know there's, there wasn't a lot of seats left for Thursday mm. night and, and, and I think, uh, you know, Thursday night is traditionally for us, isn't a, you know, it's been a great time for, for basketball, but, you know, I'm sort of expecting there to be nine or 10,000 people yeah. there, which is would be incredible. Um, makes it more important to, you know, sort of get off on the right track and, and you know, like like I said, I was, I was a little bit worried about having that, uh, I guess, subconscious emotional letdown mm. after, you know, coming, you know, playing NBA games to get, you know that all that travel, but you know the players were in really good spirits and uh, were up and about, and and there didn't seem to be a lot of concerns about jet lag. So uh, yeah, bring it on! We're we're, we're pumped over here uh, in thirty six land, and, and looking forward to uh, yeah, getting off to a great start. It's pretty exciting. I'm I'm glad that it it opens up round round three as well, and it'd be fascinating to see how the Jack Jumpers handle the occasion as well. So I'm looking forward to Thursday night. Before we get to that though, let's go back to round two. A lot of guys, you know, stood out. We've seen the Perth Wildcats, the Sydney Kings, probably the standouts right now. And I wouldn't be surprised if your Galen Award winner for this week comes from one of those two teams. I wouldn't imagine it's going to come from Melbourne United or the Brisbane or the Brisbane Bullets or the Cairns Taipans, possibly given some of the big losses that they suffered, Scott. But who stood out to you this week and who would you like to nominate for the Galen Award as the, the best team man? Yeah, well, I've got a couple for you, mate. You're right. It's uh, those teams you mentioned. It's probably not going to come from. But, uh, you know, I didn't. I didn't have Brisbane, the Brisbane Bullets, in my top four, or, or even in my mm. playing team. Uh, you know, at the start of this year, and I was, uh, you know, widely ridiculed for that. It'd be fair to say by some some people mm. who are close to me. But um, <laughs> you know, hopefully, hopefully they can turn around and, and get it going. But um, you know, it, it's hard to overlook the Sydney Kings at the moment. They, they're looking. Uh, Looking pretty scary, and uh, look, I, I as a as a you know coach and and uh, you know player, I mean, you just love the guys that can do everything, and, and what Xavier Cooks mm. has been able to do has been uh, been pretty amazing. And I, I know there's, there was talk then about the start of the year about being a potential MVP candidate. I'll, I'll stick my hand up and, and thought that was maybe getting uh, you know getting a little carried away, but he's looked every inch of it this uh, the start of this year, and uh, he's going to get one of my votes. Basically, not just because of the way he's played, but purely that dunk he did on Isaac oh, Humphreys yeah. is is just astonishing. I, you, you know, and uh, I, I love Isaac. You know, like you know, it's unfortunate. You know, he, he wasn't able to get get his body healthy when he was here in Adelaide. But I love the fact that he tries to block shots. Yes, and, uh, exactly you know, why we, gonna... t- we talked about the exact same thing with Cody earlier, that we love the fact that he actually went to block it. And probably, usually if he goes up to block it, it's probably going to end up in a good result for him most of the time. So I hope he keeps doing it. Well, you know, his timing is, is impeccable. And, you know, he, he gets a lot of shots and he, he didn't play a lot of minutes the other night and still got four block shots. Mm. So, But, yeah, unfortunately for him, he was on a poster <laughs> that night and yes. uh, uh, I haven't got sick of watching that. So, yes, I, I'm going to my, – my first pick for the weekend is, is Xavier Cook. The second one, oh, look, is a, is a former 36er, now playing for the Jack Jumpers um, in Jack McVay. Mm. I, I just – I just love the way he goes about it. I mean, he probably left for, for greener pastures. You know, he was sort of that spark plug off the bench and now he's got more opportunities and, and he, he's just developed into a, you know, really, I, I really enjoy him. I, I love his, 
enthusiasm. You know, the fact that he wore number nine for the 36ers like I did uh, probably doesn't doesn't hurt his chances in me selecting him either. But He's actually uh, got, you know, remember we spoke to him and he's actually got the Scott Ninnis number nine jersey. Yeah, so yeah, maybe I'm a little bit biased with this pick, but but, yeah, once again, I just think the Jack Jumpers, you know, no one gave them, you know, any hope in hell last year, and and they make it the championship series, and then, yeah, yeah, they they, who knows what they'll end up doing this year, but what you do know about them is they never give up. You know, they they they're never out of a contest, and I think that's testament to. You know what Scott Roth has been able to do with him, and and Jack's a big part of that. So you know what he did across the two games, I thought was probably worthy of a, of a selection. Now, if you put it up to your you, you know your, your punters, yeah, you know, probably Xavier Cooks is going to get the chocolates this week. But yeah, they're the two guys yeah. that I, I I really enjoyed uh, watching this uh, this previous round. No, great choices, Scott. Couldn't disagree at all. So what we'll do, we've got the support of your friends at Sports Card World for this segment as well with the Galen Award. And we'll be able to have some giveaways thanks to them for some of our listeners throughout the season. For those unaware, talk me through your partnership with the the Sports Card World guys over the years, Scott, and your relationship with them and and even how they were such a big part of of your championship at South Adelaide. It's really incredible. I mean, you know, I've known... Matt and Ben from Sports Card World, it, like it's it's getting close to thirty years now, and they were just nodding those young teenagers <laughs> who who were working for you know Grant Williams, who was the previous owner of Sports Card World, who you, you know tragically passed away a few years ago, and and uh, you know the boys bought the business and have taken on to you know even even better greater heights, and uh, you know Robert Rose and myself owned a trading card shop back in the. Back in the day, in 1994 and 95, and Ben and Matt sort of filled in and did some shifts for us when we needed them. And then, you know, fast track 27, 28 years later. And, you know, the support they've got for South Australian sport in, in general has is, is, is been incredible. You know, they they sponsor the Crows. You know, they're, they're, they've got a box of the eight-person box of the 36ers. They've got Robert Franks as their individual uh, player this year that they sponsor, yeah. which is not, not a bad, not a bad get. And, uh you know, obviously they 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 sponsored Sixers Fix last year, and they came on as you know naming rights sponsor of the, of the South Adelaide Basketball Club. Basically, I you know we had a wine dinner one night and filled them up with a bit of bit of good red wine uh, from uh, Gumpara Wines, and uh, next thing they signed uh, signed their life away for three years. But uh, look, they they're just so you know they're so passionate. They they will do whatever can they help, and you, you know. Their, their business is going going gangbusters. They you know they bought the shop next to them and knocked mm. the wall down, so they're about twice the size that they that they were. And uh, you know, I'd, I'd encourage anyone listening that's got any interest in trading cards of, of any any sort. You know, they you know they ship all over Australia. I'm sounding like an advertisement now, aren't I, mate? But uh, no, they're, they're they're great boys and they've been incredible support. You know, for me, you know, over the journey, and uh, I'm thankful to have them as good mates. No, we're thankful to have their support here as well. And we hope that our listeners can benefit from them as well. And we'll we'll put out, out the vote between Jack McVeigh and Xavier Cooks. And one of our lucky lucky listeners will get a prize thanks to Sports Card World as well. So we look forward to that. We look forward to Thursday night especially. And then you'll be back at it again Saturday night against the Hawks as well, Scott. So you've got a big weekend to come and we'll catch up again next week. Looking forward to it, mate. Look, it is really important for the for the club to get off on the right track this week. Um, and once again, it's you know you don't want there to be any letdown. And, and as I said, what we've seen over the last couple of days, 
There shouldn't be. Uh, be lovely to be talking next week, two and zero, and uh, yeah, well, uh, yeah, off to a really good start. <laughs> Okay, Cody, we're back here on Hoop Seven's Basketball Hustle and we've got through our awards and now let's turn our attention to round three. But before we get there, a couple more things I wanted to, to talk about. I've known Adam Ford for a long time. I'm delighted that he's getting this chance to be an NBL head coach and mm-hmm. anyone that knows him knows that he's not afraid to speak his mind and he, he says what's on his mind. He did that when he was on the wrong end of a foul count yep. in Perth a couple of years ago at the Sydney Kings and he's happy to take his penalties when he cops them as well. But yeah. I just like the fact that he doesn't, doesn't accept people getting things wrong and doing it because they're lazy and, and getting things wrong. So we saw after round one that he didn't like the zooming in and out of the TV coverage and yeah. he was happy to point that out in his in his press conference. And then this weekend there was some unfortunate comments about Keanu Pinder and his background and mm-hmm. upbringing and you know, we don't need to, to go into what was said, but I just love the fact that Bordy comes out and sticks up for his his player. I know, I know his mum was offended by the things that were said. I know Keanu yep. was hurt by what was said. And I just love the fact that Forty comes out, holds people to account, and then to Jenny Screen's credit, she comes out and apologises, yep. which yep. I think so I think it was handled in the best possible way. But I don't think that happens unless Forty actually gets on the front and call calls out mm-hmm. the comments and, and you know holds people to account. And also there's been some inaccurate reporting on the background of Lat Mayen there in Cairns as well and people forgetting that Jonah Antonio has actually played. You know, a season professionally already yeah. as well. He's not straight out of college, and I just love the fact that Forty comes out and and doesn't take that doesn't take that lightly. And you know, if, if he sees people getting things wrong and thinks that they're being a bit lazy by doing it, he he calls them out. I like it. Absolutely, and they're the people that you want to surround yourself with because they'll tell you how it is. Yeah. You know, you might not like it, but you know, sometimes the truth hurts, right? Yeah. But you want to be held accountable for your actions, good or bad. Mm-hmm. So I think, look, I I love it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if anything, we got. A lot less of the zooming in this this <laughs> round on the on the uh, cast. So appreciate forty for that. And then yeah, look, willing to call people out outside of his squad, I think is is good as well. Um, again, like I said, people need to be held accountable. And you're right, it was the Keanu stuff was probably um, put to bed properly, mm-hmm. uh, as properly as it could have been. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's those frustrating things that. They happen in, in live live telecasts, yeah. and and that's that's just part of it. You know, that's part of it. I definitely my ears pricked up when I heard her talking about that because uh, look, I I know Keanu and know his background. So look, um, it is it's frustrating, but you know that's that's kind of all we really need to go into that. Yeah, look again with with guys like uh, Mayan and and Jonah. Just, it's just little bits of homework. It's not too much. It doesn't take much the, to, to figure out their background and, and what's happened and where they've come from, where they've been the past year. I think that'll change, obviously, going forward now. I think people will do their homework a bit better. But you're right. I, I think without 40 bringing that up, I don't think it changes anything. So very happy for him to, to be outspoken and loud about it. Yeah, no, I've known 40 to speak his mind for a long time. My first probably dealings with him in that sense was way back in 2014 when he was coaching the East Perth Eagles in the mm-hmm. SPL and yeah. they were the underdogs coming into a playoff series against the, the, the Perth Redbacks and he was happy to put out some comments that ruffled the feathers of the Redbacks and yeah. it probably unsettled them and the Redbacks were probably stuck thinking about what had said about them rather than the game in hand and yeah. East Perth went on to, to win that series and 
the rest is history. And, and I think Flawley's pretty happy to get on the front foot ever since because he knows that it, Absolutely. it can work. Exactly. Um, some big milestones on some guys that you know pretty well as well, Cody. Mm-hmm. Now, you haven't played with Todd Lansfield, but you've seen a lot of those 350 games that he's yep. played in the NBL. And his 350th was one of his better ones up in Cairns as well. And I'm sure he enjoyed it afterwards with his family and friends that got to... Mm-hmm. Got to be there. His wife was able to fly over there for the game as well, so yep. they all enjoyed it. Enjoyed it together. Um, nice way to celebrate his three fiftieth game. But it's been a, been a career that he should be pretty proud of. Oh, absolutely. And look, I played with Todd at the Institute for a couple of years um, when we were younger. So uh, look, yeah, I know Blanche uh, fairly well. Three hundred fifty games is uh, is an incredible feat. Mm. And look, he's been he's been so good for most of his career that. Uh, and look, he's still he's still young, you know. He, I think he's only just turned thirty. Yeah, yeah. So look, I think he's uh, he's still got a fair few years ahead of him. And yeah, I, I think it was awesome that they came out looking for him early yeah. and got him going. And he did. He had a big game in front of his friends and family. And, and you're right, I'm sure he enjoyed it after the game. Kevin White as well. He'll play his 300th game on Saturday night, and it's kind of fitting that it'll be. Back in Adelaide, where, yeah. where he was a captain. He's been a captain of the Hawks before, started his career at the Sydney Kings, mm-hmm. spent a couple of years over in Perth as well. Gee, it's been a hell of a journey. He's had to work hard for everything he's got, but I'm, I'm so glad he's getting this chance this year to, to continue his career because he's mm-hmm. still got a lot left in him. He yep. had a really good NBL one season. He was still in great shape and ready to go, and I'm glad that the Hawks called upon him, and I'm glad that he gets to 300 because that, that number looks very nice next to his name. Yeah, it does. It does, and someone that I was lucky enough to play my whole NBL career with. And, you know, he's someone that we've had lots of private talks and sit-downs and, and all that sort of stuff, uh, especially in my, my last year with the Hawks. Yeah. He was someone that would always go to bat for you and always had your back and, and does all the little things around the organisations that he's at yeah. um, that, that kind of go unnoticed and unseen. So he was certainly one of my favourite teammates that, uh, that I've had and... Yeah, you're right. I'm very glad that he's been able to reach 300 and uh, hopefully he's got a few more in him. Yeah. Is there any chance we can get either him or Tim Conrad out of the 79? Oh, tell me about it. I know. (laughs) I know. Jeez. It's, yeah, it was very frustrating seeing that, but I do get it, both being the injury replacements they are. Mm. But yeah, come on. Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, it's just, don't get me started. (laughs) Hopefully we'll get a chance to catch up with Kev as well. I don't think you've seen him since he's since you went over for the wedding no. earlier early this year and it'll be great to catch up with him. So I hope we can put out a bonus episode this week and, and have a catch up with him because it'd be good to pick his brain a little bit. For sure. Yeah, it will be. Now, round three, Cody, in the NBL. We're going to learn a lot more about a lot of teams and first of all, we're going to get to see the Adelaide 36ers in yeah. for the very first time. They play at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre on Thursday night against the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. Um, before I get your thoughts on the 36ers, the Jack Jumpers have drawn the short straw. They have. So they were the, <laughs> They were the first team that had to go over to New Zealand to play the Breakers last week, and now they're, they're the ones that have to greet a pretty fired-up Adelaide in front of a, a jam-packed entertainment centre. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, look, they've drawn the short straw with that, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 going to be a, a tough game. But if they were going to get Adelaide, then the first game off getting off the plane, mm-hmm. I think, is probably the best one to sure. get. So it's going to be loud in there. Um, it'll be hectic. It'll be crazy. But they're the environments you like playing in. Um, I think this would be a good game. I think Tassie has a lot to prove. Um, you know, they've got to start turning that corner quicker and, and playing some better basketball and taking care of the basketball. And just excited in general to, to watch Adelaide play on the NBL court. So it'll be interesting to see how they go back on the bit smaller court, not as much spacing and 
it'll be uh, very interesting to see. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, but I, I do think Adelaide end up getting that one. How big are the adjustments they have to make? I mean, they're playing a totally different style of game yeah. a lot of ways in the court. I mean, I know from the, from a non-basketball perspective, it probably doesn't look like a huge difference, but That's the strategy court dimensions <laughs> must make a huge difference when you're making those adjustments within the week. Oh, yeah. This is less than a week than they played on an NBA floor. How, how challenging will it be, Bob? Uh, look, uh, it will be, but they didn't really play enough okay. for it to have been kind of in the back of their mind yeah. and, and set in stone of that's how they play. And it's not only the dimensions of the court, it's the help side rules and, yes. and all that kind of stuff. That, Three second defense. Well, that's it. So Longer game as well. The, it was, yeah. The, the yeah. time differences in the game. I don't see them giving up 140 points. <laughs> so, yeah, look, it's... Uh, Offensively, I think it'll take them a little bit to adjust, just having trained and played on those bigger courts and, again, with all those rules. But I think defensively they'll, uh, they'll find it a lot easier and um, they'll be able to pack the paint. And They're a fairly defensive-minded squad, um, so it'll be uh, fun to watch. Friday night, doubleheader, and two really interesting games. And, you know, two, I mean, we've got the two undefeated teams against two teams coming off a spanking against the opposition Mm-hmm. Well, in this weekend, so it's fascinating. So first up, Sydney Kings, um, who are still undefeated, and the Cairns Taipans coming off that big loss to Perth. Yeah, and it's probably going to be an ugly week for Cairns um, at, on the training track, but uh, look, 40 will have them ready and raring to go. Sydney, again, they're just rolling. They're, they're playing some really good basketball, and they've just got so many weapons everywhere. This is something that I expect to be a fairly high-scoring game oh, with, with two two teams that are very offensive-minded, um, very transition-minded, and I think it'll be the team that can lock up on the defensive end that'll, that'll get this one. But I'm excited to see Cooks and Pinder go at it. It's going to be, yeah, a lot of fun to see those two go at it. So, look, I think Sydney get it, but I think it's going to be closer than, than some people would think. Hmm. And then the second one, it's the Perth Wildcats back at home against Melbourne United who are coming off that that horrible performance against the Kings. Yeah, they weren't good. So, look, I think, again, Vickerman is going to have them ready and raring to go. It's not going to be a pretty pretty week on the track for them either. And, you know, you heard Peter Hooley talking about that. Yes. Um, and he said it on Twitter as well. He's, he's been on the, the wrong end of those before and it's it's they, not a they, fun week. They have proven in the past they can, when they hit back, when they have a bad performance like that, they, their response is pretty yeah. is usually pretty, pretty big. Um, and I'm not 100% sure of the records, but... Melbourne usually play fairly well here in I Perth. Think they've got the best record of yeah, team yeah. Arena. yeah, I agree. So I think that it'll be a good game. I think it'll be a good game, but I think just the way Perth are playing and that kind of different style of game they've got now, uh, I think they'll get that one uh, here in Perth. Are you concerned about Tayshawn Thomas's absence? But at the same time, how happy were you to see Brady Manick step up? Yeah, look, I think that's a big. Big out for them. I think just that extra big body. Um, they don't really have that big banger inside. But it was really good to see uh, Manic mm-hmm. get some shots to fall for him and, and kind of find his touch a bit because he's going to be exciting um, once he really finds his rhythm. And hopefully that was the game that sets him off and it's just all uphill from here. But, yeah, look, I, I think it's, it's, it's tough without, you know, your starting five man. Yeah. And hopefully Corey's back in the lineup. Um, he, he will be for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Obviously makes them really deep again. Yeah, so, yeah, look, like I said, I think Perth get that one. Two more games on Saturday night. And then Adelaide at home again against the Aurora Hawks. And, yeah, there's a, a lot of bad blood over history between these two teams. Mm-hmm. There's still a little bit there. And this will be an interesting one because the Hawks will be looking to bounce back, having had a full week to prepare for this game too. Yeah, they will be. Um, 
I just I don't think they have the firepower mm-hmm. to to get over Adelaide. And yeah, look, like you said, some bad blood between these two teams that was going on when I was at the Hawks. <laughs> but you know, they're the games that you love to play, the big rivalry games, and it's uh, you feel like there's more invested in it. And I mean, most of the players on both those teams would really have not a whole lot to do with with that whole uh, debacle. But, yeah, look, I think uh, I think Adelaide get that one and start off their season 2-0. Could, could Caden have scripted his 300th game any better? No, back in Adelaide? not at all, not at all. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. It's going to be an interesting one. But, again, you know, the people that were involved with, with all that that went on aren't really there anymore. But I'm sure the uh, Adelaide faithful will uh, <laughs> give him an earful. <laughs> yes, they, they will. Second up on Saturday, another interesting one. South East Melbourne Phoenix. They will at least get Joe Chi back. I don't mm-hmm. know about Trey Cal or Gary Brown or Ryan Brokoff, but at least they'll have the big fella. Yep. And they take on the New Zealand Breakers who are coming off that, that win at home and they've had you know eight days in between to get ready for this one. Yeah. Look, I think Phoenix are going to take a game or two to, to get Joe Chi back into that rotation properly. So I think this will be a bit of a getting your feet wet type game for them. I mean, in saying that, they've, they've still got... They've still got some weapons there, you know. I think even with all their outs, they've still got enough firepower. But I think for them, it's definitely defense. I think that needs to be their big thing. Um, and then taking care of the ball. Ah, that's yeah. Look, this is a tough one. Uh, it's a bit of a flip of the coin for me. But uh, we haven't seen really enough of the breakers to make no, a statement on them. Yet. Not really, not really. And because of that, I'm leaning towards Phoenix. Because I think, look, I, I do think Joe Chi will make a big difference yeah. for that squad. So I'm, uh, I'm going to go Phoenix for that one. Two more games on Sunday. Now, if the, if the results early in the round go how you expect, Cody, Melbourne United, Tasmania, Drake Jumpers will both be pretty desperate for a win. Yes. This one first up at John Kane Arena. Very much so. And uh, look, I don't think Melbourne's going to have forgotten last year. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be coming out with the point to prove. Um, and again, I think... Tassie just drawing the short straw, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, look, I, th- I think I think Melbourne get this one. Um, but, look, I, th- I think it's going to be a scrappy game. Mm-hmm. I think hopefully Tassie start to find their stride a bit. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, a, it's a bit of a toss of the coin purely for the way they're both playing. Yeah. But I, I do think Melbourne get that one. And it's tough talking about it before we see them. Yeah. Early, early yeah. Um, you touched on before, this is their first time playing since the semi-finals game three of last year, obviously when Melbourne lost Chris mm-hmm. Burley. If you're Melbourne, do you have that chip on your shoulder still coming to this game? Do you mention it? Look, I think so. I think so. And look, I don't think Vickerman is one of those guys to kind of let it float by. Yeah. So look, I think it does get brought up. I don't think it gets hounded into them, mm-hmm. but I think it gets brought up, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, look... Uh, Again, it's tough because fairly new group, mm. you know, not not all of those guys were there last year, but I'm sure they've been caught up with it all. So yeah, look, it's it's uh, it, it's something that will that will get touched on for sure. At the same time, the Jack Jumpers players that were there have great memories of yes, the they so do. The <laughs> at the same time, uh, gee, Brisbane Bullets, um, they need a win. They're they back do. home, their first home game of the season. Yep. But it's against the Sydney Kings. It is. I know. <laughs> I know. And look, the the last game between. Between these two was was not bad. Yeah, they were they were in the game. They were. They had their chances, and but yeah, look, it, it'll be it'll be good for them to go back home, hopefully settle in a bit, catching Sydney on the end of a double. Yeah, look, 
I'm hoping that they start to, to find their stride a bit mm. in this round um, because they need to, like we touched on earlier. Is um, that the point where it's a must-win game for? I think it is. I think it is a must-win just to just to get them going, you know, just to get their confidence going and especially against a team like Sydney who are, I think they're top of the table right now and playing really good basketball. If they can go out and get a win against them, a um, bit of a statement and a bit of... Um, confidence throughout the group mm. I think is a, is a big thing for them. In saying that, I think Sydney do get them. Mm. Um, Monday night, again, two teams that will play earlier in the weekend, so it's a little bit tough to know what to expect. And, you know, a lot of what you predict will probably depend on how they go in those first games. Yeah. But Illawarra Hawks back at home against the New Zealand Breakers, who, you know, they've had a pretty tough start. They've only had the one home game in the first three weeks and mm-hmm. they have to back up from, from Saturday night as well. So... Important game for both teams who probably will need a win by this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, if, if anything, New Zealand's used to playing on the road now. So, you know, I, I don't think that being on the road is, is too much of an issue for them in terms of knowing what to expect and, and knowing what to do and get ready for games. But you're right, on the, on the back of a double, and I, I think it, it sucks that we haven't seen them at home more already this season. Um, you know, they should have played most of their yeah. games at home yeah. this year, you would have yeah. thought, but uh, that's another story. Look, I, I think Illawarra needs to make a bit of a statement as well and, and win at home. But I'm going to go with New Zealand on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that's after not really seeing a whole lot yeah. of them. So tough to pick, but I, I think I think New Zealand get that one. No, it'll be fascinating to watch. and It's going to be fascinating to watch everything that happens this weekend. I think we're going to have a lot to talk about when we come back. Next week, Cody, we'll, we'll get more votes from, from Matty Knight, the Player of the Year Award, Defensive Player of the Year with Damien Martin, and find out who Scott Ninnis nominates for the Galen Award once again. We hope to be back with, with a bonus show. Hopefully, we can chat with Kevin White. So if we do, check that out and yeah. later this week and ahead of his 300th game. It'll be good to catch up with, with Kev. But for now, Cody, thank you to Hoop7 for making this possible. I'm Chris Black, and I'll sign off and leave you with the final words about maybe what you're most excited about. This weekend. Hopefully teams taking care of the ball and not uh, not turning the ball over. No, look, I, I, I hope it's uh, more like round one than it was round two this time around. Um, but very excited to see Adelaide play. Um, I think they're going to be exciting all year. And like we predicted, they're our title favourites. So uh, expecting big things.